0: Celebrate the birth, of the risen, say, pray that, all of the busy. Try to talk loud. And, uh, peace. That's yeah. The, uh, the angel, right? I mistranslated that a few times. It's actually a slightly port trend. I uh, will talk a little bit about that as we get in the morning. I want to talk about about peace. This year we didn't do the traditional uh, Advent candles, but today would be the Sunday of peace. The uh, four weeks leading up to Christmas, we talk about hope, joy, love, peace. And then on on Tuesday night or Monday night, we have our Christmas Eve candlelight service we will light all the candles and we'll light the the Christ child candle we're gonna the service will be similar to this but it's gonna be a lot of carols and we'll, we'll have the kids and the the youth doing this one more time we'll read the Christmas story there'll be a children's story we are gonna do it kind of in the dark we're gonna have a night of peace and that's what we need but the angel proclaimed in Luke 2 Verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. Peace is something we all strive for, is something we all want in our life. If you have ever seen a beauty pageant, it's what all the beauty contestants always say, right? What do you want? World peace, especially in miscongeniality. Congeniality but there's something about world peace and and it's something that we desire, it's something that the angel proclaimed, it's something that we uh, for centuries and centuries and really millennia have, have desired to see, is peace. In the thousands of years of record keeping, there is, I believe, about 350 years of peace in all of the thousands of years of record keeping. We don't do a very good job at keeping peace. In fact, uh, the UN has their special, special force. They, they, they are supposed to bring in peace and they have peacekeeping forces. It's not working. It's not working. Once there was a man who walked off a plane and he had in his hand a paper and he said, this paper was signed by all parties involved, and we truly desire to s- that we will never have war between our countries again. It was a wonderful moment. Prime Minister Chamberlain said that in 1938. It didn't last very long, Nazi Germany. He actually signed the accord with Adolf Hitler, getting off the plane and proclaiming that there would be peace between the two nations. It was less than a year later that peace wasn't possible. In the, in the Old Testament, we've read the, the prophets, Isaiah and Micah, are, are, the, are the main prophets who prophesied about the Savior. You know, they, they wrote their prophecies in about 750 B.C., they wrote that there would be peace. They wrote that there, the Savior would come and the Jews, for centuries and centuries, awaited the Savior. They waited the Messiah is what they're waiting for. that. Who, he who would usher in peace? In, in Luke chapter four, Jesus quoted this about himself. It comes out of Isaiah 61. I'm going to read it out of Isaiah 61. Jesus said, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness so that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. In the book of Micah, other prophecies were said that the the Messiah would come and he would come from Bethlehem. And the people believed that. The Jews were waiting for the Messiah for 750 years. Many of the Jews are still waiting for their Messiah today. There was no peace in Jerusalem for that time. In fact, I believe it was around 150 B.C., still waiting for the peace of Jerusalem, waiting for the Messiah to come, hoping for world peace, hoping for peace in their nation. They were under the rule of the Seleucid dynasty, and that's when the Maccabees, just a small group of, of Jewish zealots, of Jewish defenders, rose up, and they and they... Uh, Really, they kicked out the Seleucid Empire. And there's a wonderful story that you might be familiar with. They were hiding as as they were fighting against this group. They were called the Maccabees. As they were fighting against this group, they were also fearing for their life, and they were hiding in caves. And they had just a little bit of oil. They looked at their supply to, to keep the caves bright so they could actually continue to survive, and they only had a day left of oil. And they prayed to Almighty God, and that oil lasted for eight days. That was the beginning of Hanukkah. The Jews have have been under, under war and under oppression the whole time, and they were waiting for peace. The reason that I believe that many Jews did not accept Christ as their Savior when he came into the world, even though he fulfilled so many of the prophecies, born in Bethlehem of a virgin. He fulfilled them. I believe the reason, one of the reasons they did not receive Jesus Christ as the Messiah is because Jesus Christ did not usher in peace. The angel proclaimed that there would be peace on earth and and goodwill toward men, and we're still waiting for that today, aren't we? We're still waiting for for peace to finally come, and we're going to continue to wait. Because Jesus, while he walked on this earth, he actually promised us something different. He said, in this life, you'll have tribulation, Paul said. See, we live in a world because of sin that is not full of peace. We have confrontation, one nation against another. Confrontation, one clan against another, one group of people, one ethnicity against another. Today we're, uh, the, the news is full of, of anger and rivalries. People walking into churches and schools angry. There is no peace. Truly, there is. But the peace that we need to receive and what Jesus was talking God was talking about that came through Jesus was not a world peace. We will someday, church, we will someday walk in peace. But this world is not going to see the peace that we would like to. I, I wish I could preach the message and just say, you know, we'll, we'll just all, all going to get along and we're going to sing Kumbaya. We have moments of peace. There's even the the Christmas and and, and I forget what year it was, but the uh, and I, I, I even can't remember who was fighting. I think it was World War One, where on Christmas Eve they the men just called a ceasefire and. They walked across the enemy lines, and they, and they celebrated Christmas together. It was such a beautiful moment until the next day. And the war resumed once again. That's what I thought. World War I. We, we desire peace. We long for peace. But we don't always receive it. Some of us accepted Christ. Some of you maybe accepted Christ thinking that all your problems would go away. In fact, I've met people over the years who walked away from, from God, walked away from Christ because of, of a misunderstood promise. They thought if they would just receive Christ as their Savior, that everything would be good and rosy and full of blessings and kittens and figgy pudding or something. And they said, oh, the, the promise failed me. Said, no, no, you didn't underst- we didn't understand the promise. In this world we we have tribulation sometimes we have difficulties i i look around the room and know some of your stories so our stories are full of of discouragement sickness cancer divorce children who've walked away from the lord just this week i we i had a prayer request from a woman in Crestline a friend of Kathleen who's walked in and found her son dead from a heroin overdose. I believe it happened the day before yesterday. Be praying for this woman. That, if, in case you didn't know, that was very similar to Kathleen's story. Kathleen was was one who just moved to Indiana. She, her, her son died of, a, of an overdose. Many people have lost a spouse or a child. Those moments are not full of peace in the way that we think. But peace doesn't come always externally. Peace is a promise of, of one internally. The Bible actually uses the word peace over 400 times. In the Old Testament, the majority of the times the word peace comes was, comes from the word shalom. And it, it is not just the, the peace, but it's, it's, a, it's a blessing of, of wellness, of, of, uh, of things coming together. And they would greet one another. Shalom. It's a wonderful greeting. They didn't always see it, but they still today greet one another with shalom. May the peace of God be with you. We long for peace. In the New Testament, the word for peace means to to be ba- binded together, even as something might be glued and, and fixed. And boy, that's a wonderful picture because sometimes our lives are broken. Relationships are broken. And we need God to bind them back together. The message of Jesus Christ coming as a baby is one of hope and love, definitely of joy and of peace. But the peace is found in Jesus and it's what he does inside of us. Over five times in the New Testament, the Bible refers to God as the God of peace. The God of peace. He is a God of peace. And part of the fruit of the Spirit is peace. The Lord wants to bring peace. And and I need His peace today. Boy, in fact, I, I'm not even sure what's happening. We don't have anyone in kid zone today, so I hope they're okay next door. <laughs> they might need peace. Um, you know, things come upon us, challenges. Sometimes, I don't know if, if you ever feel this way, but sometimes I just feel like a, a dump truck backed up and just let everything out right on top of me. <laughs> sometimes you think that there was manure in the back of that dump truck. <laughs> See, we don't, we don't come to church to, to pretend. Well, unfortunately, we do. Many of us come to church and pretend that everything's okay. I don't want that to be the case in our, in our church. The church is a family. We, we come together to, to encourage each other and, and be encouraged and, and, and be real. Now, uh, you know, I don't think that we should just walk around telling everyone our problems all the time. But the church is a place where we can be safe and, and share those things. In, in the midst of, of difficulties, of, of pressures and stress, we can have, have an internal peace. We have to tap into that internal peace all the time. One of my I, I, I hate saying favorite scriptures, but it's, it's one of my many, many favorite scriptures, and it's that the God of peace would guard your heart. May the God of peace guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. That's what I need today. And I think that's what some of us need. Prayed f- for Miss. I've been praying for Missy, and, and I was texting her. Missy's been in the hospital. She's in, in rehab. And, and she asked me a question. And, and, and our, our Missy picture, she, you've seen her. She, when she can come, she's here in a wheelchair. She has, um, I don't even know where to say she has She has lupus, Guillain-Barre syndrome, cancer. Um, and and I think two other autoimmune diseases. She's 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 a mess. And she we were talking, and she says, Pastor, there uh, there might be another diagnosis. What do I do? Or what you know? Just I, I need wisdom. And uh, I and I and I wrote her and I said, please understand, I'm not saying this flip. It's just another opportunity for God to do a miracle. Right, Jackie? Because right sometimes there's just no answer. And the only answer that's going to come is, is God. And for him, another diagnosis is nothing. It's just another one. Because he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the Alpha and the Omega. We have to trust that Jesus Christ, that God Almighty is who he says he is that he's a good God, and he's full of love and compassion, and that he's sovereign. And, and the sovereign part sometimes is the scary part because we're human, and we desire to see everything good and hunky-dory on earth. And I don't think it's just me. We, we desire to see everything work out the way we think it should work out on the earth. And that's not always what happens. Romans chapter 8, verse 38, tells us that all things work for the good. And people stop there, and then they also misunderstand what it's saying about. The Bible says, yes, God works all things for the good, but it goes on to say, for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So they don't just work out good for everyone. They work out good for those who love God. But what's the definition of good? I believe many of us in this room have a story of going through something horrible that sometime later they actually said, wow, if that wouldn't have happened, then this wouldn't have happened and this was wonderful. Right? Many of you have a, have a story of a testimony that at the moment you were going through something, it was hard, difficult, horrible, and yet something came out of it that you said, I can't even see what would have come out, how this would have happened any other way. One thing in the Bible, there's a lot of them, but, but one of the stories that I think is like that is when Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. Now, I had some sibling rivalry growing up. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, and it, it got really intense between my, my, the brother who's just up from me, Jay. Jay and I, we got into some serious, serious things. He, he, he chased me around with machetes and butcher knives, threw axes at me, tried to throw me off a third, three-story balcony once. I mean, this wasn't normal sibling rivalry. But he never sold me into slavery. <laughs> it may have crossed his mind. But he never did. and and, and funny, when I was fra- he was three and a half years older than me and I, I just just tell the story and he did he, he sometimes terrorized me and it was he was a little little scary at times. One time I was just playing in the street and he, and he was riding his mountain bike down the street, he did a wheelie, knocked me down and run me over with it. I mean, <laughs> this was just kind of how I grew up. <laughs> but when I was a freshman, the seniors would come and try to terrorize me. And it wasn't that I was tough, but I had already been beaten up by the best. (laughs) And so I used to look at them and say, you know, you might be able to beat me up, but you don't scare me. (laughs) So, you know, was that something good came out I don't know, But, but back to Joseph, who could see anything good coming out of that apart from his family? treated as a slave with a people who were unclean, with a people who were contrary to all of his religious beliefs and upbringing. As he, once he thought he got a break and he was the, the servant of Potiphar and he ends up in prison. But if it wasn't for that, the Jewish nation would have died in Egypt. See, what, what is good for you and what is good for God might be two different things. And in the, in the process of, of finding peace with God, we have to rely on God that He will see us through and that somehow, and, and, I, and, I, so, and sometimes that's it, somehow He will cause it to work for good if you will love Him. And allow yourself to be called according to His purpose and there's the rub, isn't it? That's the hard part. It, it, it's hard to stay faithful in those times. It's hard to stay committed when when the chips are down, when, when, when things are rough. You know, I was having a bad morning, and if you received the end of that this morning, forgive me. It was a kind of a tough morning. Again, we, we don't have anyone in kid zone, and, and we didn't have anyone on media, and the computer was crashing, and and just things happening and kind of a bummer. And uh, I didn't lose my hope in God. I, I had to check myself. Am I, am I, mad? I wasn't mad at God, I was just having a bad day. In fact, I kept running away to little places and, and praying. Lord, I, I need you this morning. Because this stuff is silly. I know it's silly. But it's affecting me. Did anyone ever have that? You don't want to be honest? You know, in the moment, oh, enough, if you're hitting your spouse going, that's you, here's the, here's the thing. In the moment, it doesn't feel silly. So don't tell somebody what you're going through is silly. But afterwards, we go, why was I so upset? Well, we walked out of peace, we lost some connection with the Lord. The world has got a lot of difficulties. In Luke 2, 8, the Christmas story, and we've been, we've been reading this, and I'm sure you've been reading it with, at home and devotions and maybe doing Advent things with your family. It talks about the, the shepherds who are out in the fields. Now, they were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. you know just stop real quick here wasn't my my, my plan, but you know whenever a, an angel appears, the people are afraid when, it, when an angel of the Lord appears before people they 're always afraid they 're not afraid because there 's a little fat baby cherub with wings and a harp. <laughs> They're afraid because one of the host of heaven, an angelic being of greatness is before them. And I, I can't wait to see what they really look like. Because if they cause fear to so many people, and, 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 and you know, this is a, an angel of God. So there's goodness all about them, and yet there still comes with fear. Angels are awesome. Angels were sent as messengers. Now let's think about this amazing, awesome angel. The angel said, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Which, future tense, will be to all people. Not just to the Jews. It's going to be to all of us. Thank the Lord that I am included in that this morning great joy which will be to all the people for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. One of the problems in this world, one of the the main problems that we don't have any peace is because there's sin in this world. There's anger, hatred. I wish we could all get along. There's a Savior though who was born and He's going to save us from our sins. This is Christ the Lord. I love it. It says, and this will be a sign to you. Okay, so you're waiting for the Messiah. The angel comes and says, the Messiah's here. Great. Where am I going to find this amazing, awesome Savior of the world? In a feeding trough. A feeding trough? Really? You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling claws, lying in a manger. Recently, Zachary was house-sitting for a a family up here, and I got to go over a couple times and hang out. And and one night got got to do his chores for him, and they have horses. So I got to feed the horses. And you trudge through this corral and all the poop. You go and put the little hay in their little feeding trough. You know, I don't know about you, women, would you like to give a birth to a baby in a corral? Kind of an ugly, yucky, yucky place. And this is where the Savior was going to be. Now, verse 13 has escaped us. It's escaped me, the awesomeness of this. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Something's happening here. The angel is bringing a message and the message bringer only needs one angel to bring the message. The, the host of heaven doesn't show up until it's time to give God praise. And because God is so glorious and God is so amazing and God is so mighty that just the proclamation of the message causes the host of angels to need to be on scene to give him praise and glory it's pretty awesome this is God and again we're not talking about fat cherubs with harps in the old testament when we would see the same word the heavenly host it was talking about warring angels powerful angels. This awesome, mighty band of angels. The same heavenly host that that when Elisha and his servant were there and the servant was going oh no, we're surrounded. What do we do? And Elisha says, Lord, open his eyes and he saw the heavenly hosts on the mountains surrounding that's the heavenly hosts that come to praise God and the proclamation that the Savior is born and they sing glory to god in the highest and on earth peace the translation there goodwill toward man is 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 really even though i'm reading it out of the new king james it's really not the best translation it 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 is is other translated ways similar to and on earth peace on whom his favor rests there's an understanding written here that this peace is not available let me say it, I almost said it, this peace is available for all men, but it's not going to be for all men, because the peace is only for those who have found God's favor. The true peace that the angel proclaims is only for those who have found Christ as their Savior. It's a wonderful idea that, that this peace is just wonderful and we're just all gonna have peace, but peace is found in no one else except the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you have moments of peace? Absolutely. Absolutely. We've all had them. I know lots of people who, who don't know Christ and they, they have moments of peace and times of peace, but the peace that the Bible talks about that passes understanding, the peace that's rooted in the fact that Jesus Christ died for our sins, that our names, in the moment that that happened, our names were written in the Lamb's book of life. The Bible says it in so many wonderful ways. It says that we were translated, we were moved from a kingdom of darkness to a kingdom of light. I mean it's it's like just being in, in some third world country or some war-torn country and being translated right back to the US. And there's been times I've traveled enough overseas, there's been a few moments in my life that I wish that could have happened. You realize that you're not in a safe country anymore. That's what happened to you and to me when Christ, because Christ came and he died. So the peace that we have comes because our sins are forgiven. The peace comes because we have re- fellowship and, and a possibility of relationship with God. He didn't, he didn't leave us stranded, and he wants to actually have a, a, f- a relationship. We use the word in the church all the time, fellowship, which is the only other place I know that word is ever used is in the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> fellowship. It's, it's having relationship and agreement, being in, in the same in one accord, we have fellowship with God Almighty. Before Jesus Christ came, they had to go to the priest, and the priest would offer sins. So it's, it's one, of, one of the things I think can be very uh, mis, misunderstood and, and can lead people to misunderstand God is, is in some churches you, you have the feeling and sometimes even just taught that you need to go to the priest to get absolution. You need to go to the priest to pray for you. And if the priest isn't available, you have to go to to God through Mary. You don't have to go to God through Mary or the priest. Because of Jesus' sacrifice, we can talk to God right where you're at and have fellowship and receive His peace. Peace on whom His favor rests. And as as I said it thoughtfully, it's available to all but not all will walk in it. Not all will receive it. The peace that we need is a supernatural peace and it's not going to be found in listening to nice, quiet music. It's not going to be found in, in meditation. It's not going to be found in just turning off the TV. It's only going to be found in Christ, in God through Christ. It's so important that we get alone with God. And let him minister to us. It's so important that we become people of the word who understand that this world is not all there is. And that there's something greater waiting for us. One of the, the deception that the enemy uses in this country is our affluence. We have so much in this earth. Even the, the poorest among us have so much more than than the poor of other nations we've been lied to by the enemy of our souls who who wants us to believe that that you can have peace here you can have joy here all you need is a new car a new house a better job a better husband wives don't say amen <laughs> Oh, if you just get the the next thing. Oh, if I can just get a few more likes, I'll be happy. How many did I get today? It's elusive. It's not available. Peace, love, hope, joy is found under the Christmas tree in the sense that it represents the, for us, for me, as I talked about last week, This whole thing represents Jesus in eternal life. The light for me represents the light of the world who came into the world for me. The best gift you'll ever find is the free gift of God, which is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Coming back to that is where we find our hope and our peace and our, our joy and knowing that we're loved. We try desperately to be loved. We try desperately to find hope and joy in other things. I, I believe there's a few people this morning who just need to hear this and they need to hear it with their heart. You are loved. You're enough. You are enough. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to earn anyone's love. There might be people in your life that, that, that make you earn their love. That's not God. You're loved. You're enough. He cares for you. He loves you. He wants you to experience peace, love, and hope and joy this Christmas. We have a couple of days to spend some time with Him. My prayers for me. And for all of us, that this next 48 hours and then 365 days after that, that we'll begin to walk and understand the peace that he came to bring. It's never going to be found in a peace accord. In the end times, in fact, in the end times, the Antichrist is going to usher in a time of peace. It's not true peace. True peace is when we're at peace with God. Our sins are forgiven. We have no shame. We're walking in Him. Things might still go bad. Still might have a, a bad day. I, I think Paul had a couple of bad days. If I if I remember correctly. I think Jesus had a couple of bad days. Peter. All the disciples, since they were all martyred except for John, they had some bad days. But they had the God of peace. And they wrote to us the New Testament that kept saying, May the God of peace guard your heart and your mind. The God of peace. May you experience peace. The fruit of the Spirit is peace. May we all be filled with the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God, and experience peace. And joy, and love, and hope. Hope that no matter how bad this world gets, there's something waiting that is far greater. No matter how far you've gotten away from God, all you have to do is turn around, and immediately you're back. Immediately. If you're far from Him this morning, just say, God, I'm sorry. And, it, and you can be reconciled. If you've never, if you've come this morning and you came to support the family and, and see the kids just do such a great job, but you've never called on Jesus to be your Savior, it's as easy as a simple prayer like this Dear Jesus, I, I need a Savior too. I don't have peace forgive me of my sin make me a new creature help me to follow you and a prayer in earnest like that takes you from a from a dark place to a a place full of hope and love and joy and peace even in the midst of chaos and in darkness we can have it God you know how much I've needed your peace. And I thank you that it, it's available and I've received it. God, I thank you that you loved me and you love me. And you love everyone in this room. You love us so much that you sent Jesus to be born. He was in a manger. He wasn't in a palace. He was accessible by all he grew up challenging life and a horrific death to pay a price that we couldn't pay so that we could be brought to you reconciled to you have our sins forgiven and our and our future make sense and be sure because a heaven is waiting for us relationship with you is available today. God, as we spend this next couple days before Christmas and going from there into the new year, I pray that it, our lives would be marked with a difference. Peace. Hope. Love for you and love for one another. And that there would be a deep joy that would come out of that relationship with you. His just pray your spirit upon each and every one of us. God, We love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.